Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. First of all, I'd like to say that, yay, my cost is off and I can slowly start planning when I'm going to be going back to Ukraine again. The problem is that... um. Well, it turns out that if you don't use a joint for six weeks, then it atrophies and kind of gets swollen and then, and then becomes painful. So I'm dealing with that. In the meantime, by the way, I was interviewed by History Impossible podcast, so go check that one out. We had a very long conversation, and I hope it was interesting. And, you know, we, we went on a lot of tangents, but um, still, that was pretty neat. And today, I have some... Interesting news for you, and some, um, well, Russian news, because those are, those are a bit strange there. We'll definitely be, be mentioning um, the Russian, well, St. Petersburg International Economic Forum, because, oh boy, that was kind of crazy. But to start off, let's, let's get done with um, what's happening there. First of all, Kharkiv Front. Oh yeah, and this comes from from Arestovich, from the Ukrainian side, because Igor Girkin has been, well, lately kind of less active on publishing his own kind of um, stuff about the front, but, you know, I can't really delay episodes so much just to wait for my favorite nemesis. I think he's actually trying to hurt me now. So this comes from uh, Ukrainian Ukrainian military politician and um, ex-advisor to Zelensky, Andrei Arestovich, and his interviews with, with a blogger and... Um, and a political analyst, Mark Fagan. So, here's what he says. In Kharkiv, Russia is still pressuring in the north, and apparently they've moved a bit closer and maybe, well, shell the city again. In Izium, Russia's attempts to move on Bardivko and Dolnya have been pushed, bla- pushed back, and in general, Izium is holding. Ukraine is advancing from the west to relieve pressure on Slavyansk, which which, you know, uh, is, is still under threat, and they're not aiming to cut it off yet. Liman. Russia is trying to find options to cross the river uh, Siversky Donetsk, and they want to do it in two directions simultaneously, Rajhorodok and Siversk, but they're not very successful. Siverdonetsk. Street battles continue. It's a positional war. Russia attacks on Borivsk. Situation is really hard but controllable. Ukrainian side also takes a lot of losses. Which is sad, but um, again, like many analysts have stated, at this point, this is kind of the moment after which 
we can we can see some actual breakthroughs in the war, and sadly on both sides. If Ukraine holds, then they can do better counterattacks. I do believe they will succeed, but um, these days will be very tense, and the losses losses will just increase over time. Sadly, Popasnya. A lot of activity in the north again. Attempts to cut off Bakhmut Dishansk Highway, the one which, well, Girkin told us about like a couple of weeks ago that Russia must take, but still unsuccessfully. Komishuvacha. This has changed control already three times. This is near Popasnya. And, you know, any announcement doesn't mean much. This control changes the next day, and that's just one of those little side villages that just shifts over all the time. Everywhere else, practically no changes. Russia's tactical objectives are thus, to cross river Siversky Donets in multiple locations, capture Siversk, and cut off the road Bakhmut-Lishansk and surround Lishansk-Kiverdonetsk to advance on Slavyansk. So far, no significant changes in progress in the east flank in general. Russians are unable to complete their objectives eff effectively and, well, in any predictable timescale. Meanwhile, in the south, Ukraine in Kherson, Ukraine has gained permanent foothold on the east coast of Inhulets River after joining from multiple river crossings, showing ability to move despite enemy having advantages. Russia tried to counterattack Ukrainian counterattack and was repelled, but again, the maneuvers are slowing down and we're moving into positional war and to carry on and to proceed, Ukraine really needs more heavy artillery and heavy weaponry. Poland recently has provided 260 tanks. Ukraine would wish for double that. 500 against 1,000 tanks of Russia would be quite adequate. Ukraine is also super happy about United States additional assistance. Basically, United States has sent 18 155mm howitzers, plus 18 trucks, 36,000 rounds, additional missiles for HIMARS, four tactical recovery vehicles, tons of spare parts and other equipment, two Harpoon anti-ship missile systems, thousand secure radios, and thousand night vision, thermal, and other optical devices. Which, well, I personally find quite great. Basically, the help is coming, and that's pretty great. 155mm howitzers, assuming Canada, Poland, and Netherlands send about 18 more, which would make a total of 36, would help to cover one direction of the whole battle and gain local advantages. Amounts pledged are less than desired, deliveries are possibly coming only in August, which puts possible Ukrainian offensive as at least two to three months away. Apparently, according to Aristovich, the United States is planning to provide 350 Bradley IFVs to Greece and 89 to Croatia. If Ukraine would get half of that, ch changes would be significant, but these deliveries are meant so that Greece and Croatia would um, send their own vehicles to Ukraine, which also, of course, would help. Russia is decreasing natural gas supplies to Europe, expecting that energetic food and refugee crisis would achieve similar effects as nuclear weapons usage. After failing their blitzkrieg, Russia is now preparing for a long attrition war in a position similar to Iran. They're expecting weakness of the West. And their, their goal is not to win Ukraine, but for the West to start pushing for some sort of a Minsk III style agreement. Basically, this is kind of interesting because, yeah, seems like Putin's willingness to also continue the war is closing down. And this is kind of explainable, since, well, 
He has, he has a lot of other issues. Also, as we got some reports, Ukrainian general Dmitry Marchenko states that destroying the newly built Kerch Bridge from the occupied Crimea to Russian mainland is one of Kiev's top priorities as it would complicate Moscow's ability to send reserve troops through Crimea. The bridge will be a, quote, target number one, end quote, for the military once Ukraine gets the necessary weapons, he told journalists on Wednesday. Russian President Putin awarded valor medals to soldiers in the same tank regiment that an independent journalist investigation implicated in war crimes committed against civilians outside Kiev in Bohodivka. Which is, yeah, as expected, I mean, who else would he celebrate after all? Russia's central bank has urged credit organizations to withhold dividend payments and bonuses from senior executives in order to ensure financial stability during the Russian economy's, as they call it, <clears throat> structural transformation. And also, a new study by rbc.ru found out that um, Russia will have some troubles rebuilding since the production of half of Russia's construction materials, including bricks, tiles, porcelain, and, well, everything, basically, is um, almost entirely dependent on equipment imported from the West. This isn't really surprising because, well, not like they have been super independent before. Russia, after all, is an extremely import-dependent country. Despite their energetical exports, they are dependent on imported goods. Which is pretty interesting since, well, like I said, I always mention that Russia is... Russia is basically colonial state in a way. They treat their own regions as a colonial empire. And in a way, yeah, and at one point, you know, John McCain was quite right. They are a mafia-run gas station that um, tries to portray themselves as a country. But you know, which is quite, quite interesting. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, what really happened inside Russia about all the sanctions and everything is they had an economical forum in St. Petersburg. This forum is like nothing new. They, they happen every year. Except, well, it's called the International Forum of Economics in Petersburg. And... Uh, this year, you know, because of the sanctions and the war and everything that's going on, a lot of leaders and a lot of, a lot of businesses really, you know, canceled out their, uh, their, their kind of reserved spots and they didn't want to go. And what's interesting is that, well, I thought that after reading the messages that those few people who actually will attend the forum, well, they, they have been 
granted the permission to not to be known publicly by where they work and what they represent. And there's just not that many international people. They, they barely can call it international forum anyways. But this forum has produced a lot of niceness because, well, one of my econom economical analysts, who's very, very anti-war and very, very anti-Putin, Dmitry Potapenko, he's been on the show a long time ago, by the way, he visited the forum and he stated that it's practically impossible to go anywhere because you still have to have these PRC tests there and um, you can't even get in and the security is horrible and Putin hasn't even appear appeared there himself. But as far as we know, yeah, this, this forum is truly international because what a surprise. One of the most, um, most interesting guests that came this year and who were specifically invited and they got to basically do a lot of deal making and they had held their own presentation and talked about how how they'll cooperate with Russia were none other than um, honorable guests of Lavrov which basically we spoke about it in previous episodes Taliban no less yes Taliban the very same terrorist organization running Afghanistan and it's kind of funny since even inside of Russia they still are considered terrorists officially they are called terrorists but that doesn't really matter to anyone, I suppose, because they just invite them to international talks because, well, no one else will talk to them. Which kind of says a lot about Russia, because if you think about it, you know, you can, you can really tell something by a, by a country when, when you're really the only pe person that you, only people that you can get for your economical forum are, well, Taliban out of everyone. At the same time, this wasn't the only interesting news about this forum. They also, in a closed meeting, presented a map where it was shown how exactly Russia plans to incorporate Ukraine in in Russia and how are they how they are going to split it and what they're going to take and what they're going to leave. Now, I haven't seen this map because this comes from reports who saw it from people who went on the forum. And this has been said by a lot of people, you know, both pro-Russian and, and anti-Russian, anti anti-war people from Russia. And... This is um, this was quite shocking because it shows not only the Donetsk and Lugansk republics. This shows all of Ukraine, and they're super optimistic. And apparently, this map was made already before the war started, which is quite interesting. Since in this hard and difficult tactical situation where they're in, and they don't have mobilization, and we'll mention that afterwards as well. Yeah, they are they're still going by the plan and trying to trying to basically make up something so that. Putin would feel good, I suppose. I bet at one point they'll start printing, you know, special newspapers for Putin as well. And the third, because this, this economical forum just keeps on giving, the third news about this was that apparently in the sphere of new technological innovations, and I posted a picture about this on my Twitter, which you should follow, at eastern underscore border, because um, we're trying to reach our 20,000 followers. Well, they apparently presented a um, new robotic saleswoman. Well, mostly a waitress slash saleswoman slash bartender person created by Russian engineers and uh, presenting the, the newest and best and the greatest of Russian engineering. Now, the problem was that this robot, if you can even call it that way, because I, I believe it was kind of moving around, it was, it was inefficient. It could basically only twist its torso and it, it could really do anything much except recommend you things by, you know obviously pre-voiced lines it looked like a massive failure but the fun fact was that 
some people inside Russia actually looked it up and found out that apparently this robot cost uh, the taxpayers about $200,000. But what happened was that they uh, literally took a sex doll, added in, added in a, a device that basically plays records, an MP3 player, and put some motors in there so that it would turn around, it would look like something super sophisticated. This reminds me of that of that drone video that, that I posted about how $100,000 worth of drones have literal plastic bottles as their, as their uh, gasoline, gasoline tanks and, and with like Canon cameras, the cheapest ones in the market slapped in there. Because yeah, this was, this was some, something, some, something truly, truly amazing. But besides that, we also have, um, we also have had some sad news as well. Since which was, and these are the ones that I will I will really investigate further on because, yeah, they're a bit serious. See, according to a representative from a Chechen human rights organization, Way Fund, it is impossible for Chechens to refuse to go to war. Reminder that Chechen is the place where Ramzan Kadyrov reigns supreme when he collects extra taxes. And in general, you know, puts gay people in concentration camps. And also, you know, he has 99.99% people voting for Putin all the time because he kidnaps people, tortures them, and, you know, does terrible things. And in this region, people are obeying because it's, they believe it's better to die from a bullet wound in Ukraine than from torture at home. Security officials, according to my reports, are using more exotic and traumatizing methods of coercion as well. Quote, it's scary when they violate the honor of a man or his wife, sister or daughter. Security officials come to people's houses, start harassing the women and dressing them. For our Chechen traditional mentality, that is the worst that can happen. It's better to die than to be humiliated that way. After that, you'll no longer be considered a man. And, and we're looking at a very tribal, traditional society. They're all Muslims and they live in these tapes. And I've, met, I've talked about the society of Chechen in my previous episodes, but yeah. Apparently now you now you have to get tortured for all this to happen. In the meantime, Putin still continues to be afraid of Navalny. Remember that guy? Yeah, he's been he's sitting in prison and he won't come out of prison as long as Putin stays into power. But Putin is so afraid of him that despite poisoning him and despite that he's in one of the weirdest prisons out there, he has now been transferred to a maximum security prison in the village of Milyohovo in the Vladimir region. Regional Public Monitoring Commission Chairman Sergei Yazhan reported the news to RIA Novosti on Tuesday. Quote, Navalny has arrived at the IK-6, the, the prison in Melyakhova. He's arrived and is there now. Earlier, on June 14th, associates of Navalny reported that he had been transferred out of correctional colony number two in Pokrov, but that his new location was unknown. And this prison basically is a prison inside of prison since, well, if you look at uh, the amount of deaths from torture by administration or various <clears throat> so-called accidents, yeah, this prison is, is in top spot and I think, you know, Navalny might, um, might actually suffer quite a bit more. Navalny himself in early May reported that he might be taken to this prison. Quote, My sentence, his second sentence where he got nine more years in prison, hasn't come into effect yet, but inmates at the maximum security prison have reported that a prison within the prison is being prepared for me, said Navalny. He didn't specify what they meant by this sentence, but, you know, knowing um, knowing where he's being transferred to, yeah, that fits the bill. 
But this was the news for today, and I hope that Girkin comes up with something interesting, because pretty tired when, you know, he, he right now goes on a lot of interviews and presents his view everywhere, but, you know, if you've been reading him on Telegram and you've been following everything that he says, yeah, sadly, nothing nothing new going on. I, I presume that that's because, really, we're, we're looking at this border moment of, of this whole war, and there might be a breaking point, and maybe, maybe Girkin doesn't want to reveal something that, you know, Western secret agents could pick up. But I'm I'm getting getting some, some reports and they'll be combined in a future episode. In the meantime, please consider supporting our short pay on Patreon at patreon.com slash border. You can also get there if you go to our webpage theasternborder.lv and you know there's a link to our Patreon there. There's also a link for one-time donations through PayPal, which we're also super thankful about, because you know, we're gonna be moving back to Ukraine to get closer to everything that's happening there and because I can't really stay away from there for, for, for prolonged periods of time. And we're going to try our best. Oh, and also, if you listen straight from our webpage, then uh, you, of course, listen to the show without any advertisements. Of course, please follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. I think Twitter is better because I focus my attention there a bit more since I get banned from Facebook on a regular basis. But all in all, you know, situation, thankfully, isn't simple. But it also doesn't look as bleak as it was three months ago. That's it for today. До свидания, товарищи. And remember, happiness is mandatory. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.